Hi all, welcome to this new episode of my podcast, A Digital Tomorrow. Today, I'm joined by Nir Kouris. Welcome, Nir. Hey, friend, good to see you. Well, good to see you too. Um, for all those of you who might not uh, know uh, Nir yet, even though he's a very influential, influential person in the fintech and, and cryptocurrency scene, Nir um, founded uh, Fintech Nations. He also founded uh, Coin Nations. And he's uh, currently working as well on the Creator Nations. And well, in general, as I said before, he's a uh, very relevant in the fintech and crypto industry. So I think it's better that I leave it to you, Nir, to explain exactly what uh, fintech nations, uh, coin nations are uh, to our listeners. So first, uh, yes, it's great to connect with you and our like-minded people who are watching and following everything that you do in this space. Um, basically, in the last... Uh, uh, I've been advising banks. Uh, I'm from Israel. Been, I worked with uh, most of the banks in, in Israel, uh, and I wanted some some level of you know innovation. So I went outside of Israel in the last seven years, traveled uh, mostly in, in Europe, and opened all these bank accounts in neo banks like like you know in fintechs and uh, involved with open banking. And I really wanted to. Uh, have like the hands-on a lot of people are talking about these topics but not many live and breathe the everyday feature in every possible beta program and i knocked on doors i went to the offices of, of these fintechs and i asked them to give me access you know it was the beginning of the revolut the monzo the n26 the bank in the netherlands and, and others curve in the uk and uh, i i really wanted access because all the space of, you know, the, after the login, you know, what, what's happening when the onboarding, what's happening with, what are all the features? So I had to register, physically register myself to, to every possible beta pro program. What they earned from that is my feedback as somebody who, who knows and uh, touches very, very various of, of banks from all over the world. By the way, not just in Europe. Uh, in the US, I, I don't have a social security number, but I, I use other people helping me getting access to their bank accounts and their information. So that's what I gave them. I gave them the feedback from, from the user eyes, somebody who's using these, these apps. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, um, I wanted to tell our listeners that uh, Nir and I met uh, one year and a half ago uh, when you invited me to participate in your uh, FinTech Nations event. I gave a presentation on CBDCs and since then uh, we've been in touch and actually I'm um, Please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, based on, on your postings on LinkedIn and everything you discuss, I feel like uh, maybe you started, as you said before, like very interested in trying to learn as much as possible from, let's say, virtual banking, for example. But it looks like uh, lately you've been uh, transitioning or becoming uh, more interested in, in cryptocurrencies. I'm not saying by that that you are not interested in, in virtual banking, because as we all know, virtual banking can integrate cryptos, but I feel like you've uh, had this uh, transition. So uh, could you please let me know if I'm uh, right? And if so, uh, why? Yeah, it's good uh, that you mentioned it. So after four, four big summits under the FinTech Nations brand, when I met you and we did also together, if you remember a FinTech week, also between Israel and the, the Emirates, uh, all the, these, these countries, I wanted to see if I can be as as you see that this is like my the obsession of <laughs> these are the sum of of, of the cards. Uh, I wanted to see if I can be as as obsessed as I was for fintech, but for crypto. 
And of course that I'm, I'm into crypto for a couple of years, but I have a lot to learn. So I went to the Bitcoin Miami conference. It was in June, which is a physical conference in Miami. And, uh, and I wrote the organizers about myself. I showed them my experience and I said, uh, I really want to, to connect in some, some level of partnership. So they invited me behind the scenes to meet with all the biggest leaders of the crypto world, all the companies. You know, I also think I have a lot of good timing because a lot of them were starting to, to step up, like companies like MoonPay or others. And, and I called my designer and I said, we're doing the Coin Nation Summit. So we had FinTech Nations, we're moving to Coin Nations. And I interviewed all these people. I, I was behind the stage working the hardest in interviewing developer relationships. Then I got back home and I started the Coin Nation Summit. It was a virtual summit, a huge summit. Uh, and I think that if you ask me, what did I gain? A lot of people ask me, what did I gain from this conference? Uh, again, it's coinnations.com uh, is the relationships. It's the relationships because in the end of the day, these companies are now the leaders of the world, these investors, these uh, VCs, venture capital from all over the world. And um, I, I think I met them in, in a good timing because they were still accessible. With all the respect to me, if I were trying to reach them right now, I think it will be harder for me. Working with Visa Crypto, working with MoonPay, working with NFT.com, with other people, Superworld, other leaders that I met, I think that now they are overwhelmed with conferences and, and requests. And I just came in, in the right time back then. And since then, my own strategy was to fly to all the other uh, physical events, to NFT NYC, to Miami Art Basel, to meet with them again and again and again and again, mm -hmm. physically meet with them uh, and develop these relationships that uh, helped me to, to now start advising uh, these companies and, and others. And I'm still going to make the summits, as you, you mentioned at the beginning of uh, of the introduction. So you were right. From Coin Nations, we're going to uh, Creator Nations this year. Uh, but it's also important to, to be in physical uh, events and summit. And that's why, again, I will come uh, this uh, in April. Um, I'm going to be in the Bitcoin Miami conference. And I'm going to have a physical events over there with some of these leaders that I mentioned. Uh, but all my requests, and this is maybe the topic of, of today, one of the topics of today, all the people who are reaching to me right now, the biggest companies in, are in the NFT or metaverse, let's say web three space. Mm -hmm. They're not coming to me for regular payment solutions. They're coming to me for the, for the web three, uh, if we can frame it this way. Mm. Well, actually, um, as I know, you mentioned now uh, NFT.com, uh, this company. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, David Namdar, was one of my uh, guests in, in this podcast as well uh, from a couple of weeks ago. You know, one of the founders wow. of NFT.com. Uh, but this was just a side note. Um, but yeah. yes, I mean, I, I fully agree with um, you. I think that uh, right now, uh, well, much of the, the interest is also in the NFT and metaverse area. I'm not saying by that that cryptos are not uh, relevant. They are, of course, as relevant as ever. But maybe the newest trend is that of uh, NFT and, and the metaverse. That's That's true. It's all, it's over and it's all over. And also I like to still, you know, follow up the other stuff, you know, uh, just like you were talking and you're an expert on all the CBDCs and, and other topics that you're, you're like people were looking for an expert and, and you're leading this and, uh, and congratulations to you. I mean, it's very, very important. 
Um, right now, if, if you want uh, another interesting fact that uh, I want to share with you and the people who are watching, I'm sitting in a, in a very um, like old uh, company that uh, I advise. I'm not all, only advise the super amazing companies, but this is an old company that uh, is in the, let's say, uh, cash flow forecasting uh, space. And they're going into the crypto. They're going after all these corporates and CBDCs, and we're talking with central banks and and, and big, 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 big bands and traditional and and the most innovative companies, the most innovative, I'm not going to mention names, but the most innovative exchanges, crypto exchanges, they're talking with everybody, developing, taking something from the old world that the CFOs and accountants and treasuries, sorry, treasurers uh, used to look at big dashboards of all the incomes and outcomes and loans and and they're doing it for DeFi. They're, they're doing it for, for Web3, for, mm-hmm. for blockchain, connecting all your exchanges, all your wallets. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's amazing to see a company like this that could have stayed in the Web2 world, mm-hmm. going into your space, the thing that you're talking about, talking with uh, countries about CBDCs and how to manage, you know, uh, cash flow. And it's unbelievable. And uh, I, I love this story, not less than that of like the big companies and MoonPay and all the other superstars in the field. Like sometimes you can take a Web 2.0 company and move them into the Web 3 company. And I'm connecting them to, to advisors and people like you, people in central banks, and they're doing amazing. So uh, sometimes it's not only the the coolest companies with big budget. Sometimes it can be a small player doing listening to you, doing the, the shift in the mindset, asking all the employees to, to start uh, opening a MetaMask and other wallets, uh, changing the mindset of, of the company and taking it to the future. That's unbelievable. Actually, you raised a very interesting uh, point when you mentioned uh, all these uh, maybe more traditional or old companies, to put it this way, tapping into uh, cryptos, NFTs, the metaverse. And I wanted to ask you, like, um, given your experience advising uh, companies, why, and I know, I'm aware that each company is different, so there is no, no magic recipe, but generally speaking, why uh, do you think or why would you advise a more traditional company to tap into uh, DeFi, NFTs? What like advantages do you think it may bring them, like, generally speaking? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I, I work, I still work with banks, even the most innovative banks that I'm working, they're, they're paying me as a consultant to show them. Even them, they are under regulation and they're they, they are moving, but not moving as fast as all these cool uh, financial startups in the DeFi and Web3 space. And uh, you really see that the, the users and the people wants to have, uh, you know, uh, faster companies who can uh, give them uh, all kinds of financial models. You can take your NFTs and, and get a loan against your NFTs, or you can take your NFTs as a, you know, as a value creation and, and, and really uh, ask people to, to chip in. You know, they can, they can do group, they can, it's called start a party and buy an NFT together. So all these, these models of buying together, loaning in, in so many possible ways, these, these are like small boats who are faster than the, the, the incumbents. And uh, my advice for the banks, both of us are talking still with, with banks and these banks have, they have a big budget and they have a lot of trust from their customer. 
they have to have at least a, a crypto department, even if they say the regulation is against and the, every company should have a, a crypto team. And this is not an advice, this is a must. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and like, um, this is what, because this is where people go, you know, younger people, um, I'm, I'm attending other conferences. A lot of them do not know how to secure their account. They, they don't understand the concept that I am your, I am my own bank. And right now I need to secure my own bank. For example, this uh, ledger over here. Mm-hmm. I even with my with my assets, uh, I, I split my 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 assets. So if I make a mistake, or if somebody is sending me a phishing link and and trying, you know, all these rug pulls and stuff, yeah. I need to secure myself. So I so I think that uh, a lot of it is education. Of course, that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Putting these videos and educating. Uh, and uh, and also for big companies and corporates, uh, they are going after the users. They are going after uh, after the the money. Their valuations can can grow up. Uh, again, we're we're starting right now the new internet. I remember when I was 16 years old, I used to be Mr. Domain Name. I used to have uh, the most domain names in my country in Israel. I used to sell domain names. Okay. Uh, now with Web3, I mean, you can get an ENS domain name and it's like your name is like, you know, it's, it's like your wallet. Um, so instead of writing all these uh, long key with diff- different uh, words and uppercase and lowercase, people can just type my name and send me. So my wallet becomes my identity. I can log in through all the, my favorite Web3 uh, website or services with my new identity, my MetaMask. This is the login. It's like the Facebook Connect or Google Connect. This is the new, the new way to, to log in. So coming back to your question, all these incumbents and corporate, they have to have a crypto department. Just like both of us can learn from Visa. Visa, not only they bought a crypto punk, but they say we have to let our people experience. How are they going to talk about crypto if they don't have a wallet? How are they going to do it? Your wallet is your access. So let's teach first our own people even give them a free NFT, give them something to, to start because how can they talk every day with crypto companies without doing it? Mm-hmm. Especially the company that I'm sitting here right now. I told the CEO for, for months, you cannot pitch your convers- like your ideas into white papers. Yeah, you, you can write nice white papers about why crypto and, and corporates and how to manage the treasury. Of course, it makes sense. Everybody knows, but you have to take your own wallet and ask your people to open their own wallet and move from the demo phase to the real world phase. You're a crypto company, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me that you. some people comes to meet with you and some come to meet with me and they don't even have a wallet. They never made a mistake with the gas fees. They never paid the lesson, you know, the, what we yeah. are experiencing. <laughs> so you can divide the people who are coming to you to those who are, just like I used to do with the neobanks that I used to try and use the banking. You know, one time I had a meeting with a, a bank manager in Israel, one of the biggest banks. Mm-hmm. And I asked, do you know Revolut? Do you know N26? She said, yeah, of course I do. I read about them every day. I'm attending panels in the biggest conferences every day with them, with the CEOs of uh, Starling Bank and other banks. And I said, okay, but did you ever Actually, use... Right. Yes. She says, no, but I don't need to use, I, if I want to learn about them, I just, I ask my people and they, they, they give me a summary. I said, no, it's not about the summary. You have to use it. How will you understand the new phase of, of neobanking and challenger banks? Mm-hmm. 
Same thing for crypto. You have to, you come to, to meet with me, you have to do the, the lesson. I'm willing to help, by the way, but you have to open a wallet. You have to make the, the mistakes to learn. Otherwise, uh, how can you be on the stage and, and lecture something that you're not really doing it? Mm -hmm. No, that's very true. It reminds me of people who sometimes ask me like uh, um, how they could or should tap into cryptos, but then you ask them like whether they open, they ever open their wallet or not, and, and they tell you that no, no, they just read about that or, or they just watch a, watch a YouTube <laughs> video. So it's like you should first you know, try to to learn something by doing rather than just by seeing others doing because it's very different and you will for sure make certain mistakes but as long as you try to get as much information as possible and are, and are careful as you said before you need to be aware of fishing but this exists in an industry it's not just applicable to crypto so i think that's a fair point and when you talked before about uh well, incumbents uh, big banks well, that's actually very true as well. I remember last week I saw on LinkedIn a, a chart published by a famous research company where they uh, analyzed um, how many of the big banks uh, are, to some extent, tapping into cryptos. Uh, they they analyzed banks from the US, uh, one from Spain as well, a few from, from, from Japan, from many countries all over the world. And the thing was that uh, if you looked at that chart, most big banks, uh, either investment banks or, or retail banks, they are tapping into crypto. I mean, not necessarily like uh, like trading cryptos or anything like that, no. But at least they have some kind of crypto division, and that's uh, growing by well, by the year. And, and it makes sense because it's what you said before. Even if a certain bank is not uh, very well uh, eager towards the idea of crypto that bank needs to understand this phenomenon because it's an actual phenomenon. It's not like any longer a, a passing fad, which I mean, I'm not saying that cryptos are going to become a passing fad, but I mean, who knows, right? It could have been like that. But right now it looks, it is like clear to me that cryptos are here to stay and they are becoming much more institutional to some extent. So that's why everybody should learn about them. I don't say that everybody should trade them. I mean, you are free to trade whatever you want, but at least you should know that phenomenon. Exactly, exactly. And this is where, where people go and you need to be where, where people are. I wanted to show you something else that uh, while you were talking, I just remember, this is an example of a, a Visa mm -hmm. card. And uh, on the card, you see a very famous uh, NFT NFT project. Yes. It's called the uh, AccuWorld. And um, this this is a, just a, a regular uh, debit card. It has uh, money. It's not a sophisticated card, but it shows you that Visa support communities, that Visa... Sometimes in order to, to be a part of something, you can, you can invest, you can help them, you know, with sponsoring and, and doing the parties that they do. This, this is from Miami, as it was an event, and they are issuing this card to support this community. So we're talking about the NFTs and involving, and if you're sometimes, maybe the first step is yeah, opening a wallet or buying an NFT, and then, then the NFT gives you a token, a reason, a, a way to talk with the founders and the community. That's a good example. Mm. I agree. I fully agree with you. And well, uh, you were talking before as well about uh, NFTs and, and the metaverse. And well, there is one question that uh, that people ask uh, lots of times as well, because, you know, for example, some reports have been published on real estate prices on the metaverse and this kind of ideas. So why or how is it possible that a parcel, a plot of land in the metaverse may cost millions of US dollars. What's the rationale behind that? I love this question. Oh, we can have the conversation just about that 
finding uh, real estate and uh, what, what the psychology behind it, of course, of, of, of people, location, 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 just like uh, regular uh, real estate. So uh, my journey in the virtual land, and I plan to be a, an expert in this field, I'm now actually advising Superworld. Mm-hmm. And Superworld is, uh, you can go to superworldapp.com. It's basically a layer on top of the real world. You can buy virtual land. And you can place your, your NFTs. Let's say uh, I'm buying the Times Square in uh, New York. So I can place my NFTs or other people's NFTs. I can make even an exhibition in a gallery and it will stay there because it's like, like with AR. So you're placing the, uh, the tagging, you're tagging it on a physical location. It will stay there. So when you, you can imagine when Apple comes with the glasses or won't be just us going with your, our phones or, or iPads, uh, it, it will be like a virtual layer on top of the real world and advertisers and people will come through it and maybe they will pay you. Uh, they will rent this space from you. Personally, I'm, I'm investor. I'm investing in, my, in land in, in sandbox. Mm-hmm. How did I choose? We can do a workshop just about that. How did I choose land? I was looking at the sandbox map and trying to understand where are the brands what are the experiences that we know of today that are going to take place? Uh, event space, concerts, uh, amusement parks, uh, and, and stuff like that. So you're, you're seeing a map and you're seeing all kinds of logos of even the most smartest people on the planet, like uh, venture capitalists and uh, all kinds of uh, VC, I mean, VCs and, and other investors that are buying land in a specific location because they're planning to have experiences uh, even like uh, creating a virtual hub for, for companies to be there. Um, so they're buying land and you want to buy maybe the land next to these experiences or, or create yourself. If I'm an event organizer, like maybe I can do my own event there. Mm-hmm. So um, these, these uh, decisions are um, impacting the prices. So you definitely can see that I bought in higher prices because I bought next to uh, the known brands uh, that I saw their logos and I, I saw their experiences, but most of it is still not there. I'm, I'm guessing. So this investment in, in terms of my investments, I'm not going to see profit from it from in the last, in the next like a uh, few months or, or year or years. It's going to take time. It's unlike the NFTs that I, I know the team or I can see traction and I can tell you that this is maybe I can see the profit even right now, even though I'm, I'm a holder for long term. So I, I invest because I know the team. I'm trying to meet the team. I'm trying to understand what background experience, because I'm basically when you're investing in NFT, you're investing in a company. You're investing in a company. You need to do your due diligence mm-hmm. and see if they're capable to do what they promised that they're going to do. Um, so I'm like more like a smart investor, also in terms of, of uh, virtual land. And uh, I'm, I'm also a blue chip investor. It means that I'm all only investing in, in things that are, you know, known. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just like every NFT has two phases. Yeah. You have the phase of the minting, which the price is low, right? You can get it first. And you have the other price when everybody's already in the party. So the prices go up. Mm-hmm. I actually, usually I, I enter after the party goes a little bit up. Because I want to see the community, I want to see the the, the 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 companies in this space where who is investing, who are, what are the big names, influencers that are that are there, and only then I'm buying. Yes, I'm paying more, 
but I'm paying more after I can do a little bit of due diligence and I can see where is it going. Mm-hmm. At the minting phase of a new virtual land platform or a new NFT, a lot of times I don't know. And it's like it's almost like gambling, uh, buying land and okay, which metaverse is going to win? Which metaverses are they going to stay? Or are they going to close? Uh, it's, we're talking about uh, our money. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did invest in other uh, metaverses, platforms, but I didn't invest a lot and I have no expectations of them to, to, to win. And, and I don't know the team. I don't know if they will not vanish. It's very risky. So I'm a blue chip investor. Most of it will be Decentraland, uh, Sandbox, companies like that, that, that I know that are, that are leading. And I know that Nike and other brands uh, whether if it's a Roblox or, uh, you know, other, I know the users, I know I saw a deck or I saw something about them. So I know the numbers are, are real, at least. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. No, I mean, it sounds like a wise strategy. By doing so, you may be paying a bit more, but you are making sure that uh, whatever you're investing your money in is actually something that will become uh, real. You know the team, you know who's behind, who's backing them. So to me, exactly. it sounds uh, very fair. And, and by the way, every day I'm getting so many emails, you won't believe, of decks. The next Dubai mall in the metaverse. See, they, they, they're taking people who are very good in 3D. They're showing you the saloon or the villa, you know, the your dream home in the metaverse. Uh, or, or it can be a mall. It doesn't have to be. A, it can be a mall with fashion. They're telling you that it's going to be a, a mall with e-commerce on the metaverse. They're telling you, like showing you amazing 3D designs. And they want uh, 16 euros, uh, 16, sorry, not euros, <laughs> 16 ETH, right? Ethereum, uh-huh. 16 for you to, to invest. And you're not only getting the land, you're supposed to also get the 3D architecture stuff. I'm still not uh, able to, to do these things. And there are also all kinds of new uh, DAOs I saw today. Uh, a DAO to, to really purchase a physical uh, land together. Like it's, it's not a land, it's like a physical villa uh, mm-hmm. in LA that costs a lot. But, um, you know, it's so, so complicated in terms of the accounting, in terms of it's a DAO. So it's basically decentralized and the decisions. And how are you going to charge people, or are you going to rent it, and why are you going? To, how are you going to do all the finance behind it? It's so complicated, and I'm not saying I love the innovation. I love this is so original, like using the, all these people and the power of of, uh, of the crowd to buy something physical, like. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just like all these NFTs that invite you to to events. Who knows if you're going to have the money to fly to this uh, party or to that event? So yes, you have the token, you have the access for your dream, uh, your dream hotel NFT or dream hotel. Uh, it can be on the metaverse. But who says that you're going to have time to visit there? You're going to be able to fly there if it's a physical location. And again, the financial stuff are so complicated. So I think it's very, very. We are er- so early into that. So if I will enter something like this, a DAO like this, to purchase a physical location and it's just all the rendering looks nice. We'll send you a nice deck, whether mm-hmm. if it's in the metaverse or the real world, but the way from here 
to really make an X on my money too long, so long. And uh, it's, it's a bigger gamble for a person like me to, to, to enter, maybe for, for other people, but I cannot even recommend. Uh, it's too long. Mm -hmm. No, fair enough. Actually, I want to play now the devil's uh, advocate. And well, we know that uh, there is now this huge interest in, in the metaverse. Uh, we know that, uh, well, even some countries are opening diplomatic embassies in there. Bill Gates, for example, said recently that in three years, most uh, business meetings will be taking place in the metaverse. So there is no doubt that, uh, well, there is now this huge interest in this area. And this area, it looks to be here to stay as well. But what would you say to these people who say that at the end of the day, uh, what you can do in the metaverse is not so different from what you can do on the internet. Like, for example, uh, whenever a country decides to open an embassy in the metaverse, at the end of the day, what you can do in there is to do that kind of uh, paperwork that you could do maybe before in a simple and plain website. So uh, what would you say to these people? What's the difference in the metaverse? What makes it so uh, attractive or different or unique? First, it's connected to, to uh, uh, digital assets. So people can, of course, we talked before about e-commerce. Mm -hmm. You can see the, the digital assets. You can grab it from a virtual uh, store. You can, you can still get it like the piece of clothing. You can still get the, the nice T-shirt, but you can also get the digital representation. People like to collect. Uh, people like to show off, um, especially you see it with, with kids, of course, in, in games they're used to, to collect and they actually care more about their virtual avatar than the real, you know, the, the, you ask the kid, do you want me to buy you clothing or you want me to give you a pocket money for Roblox? They want the money for Roblox. They don't want for the physical object. So it's a paradigm shift um, and, and embassies and stuff like this and offices and they, they can really get uh, a piece of a, of a real estate, a piece of the attention of people on the next platform. Um, and, and, uh, and of course, it, we said it's early, but um, it can be very, very exciting, engaging. It also creates jobs. We can talk about that also. Creates new, new jobs like event managers in the metaverse or people who are uh, hosts or restaurants in the metaverse and embassies and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm not sure it's like a replacing. It doesn't have to be this or that, but uh, maybe the combination of physical and digital. And again, every brand I think that will uh, that be a leader, that will be a leader in this space, they will earn. They will earn from from the attention because right now it's innovative. So at least they're going to get press or, or investors or people interested in them. They're going to get something, you know. Even even by us. Uh, buying our, our company and a dot eth domain and putting it as our name handle on twitter it creates attention like suddenly people want to host us on twitter spaces people want to talk to us they sounds innovative that a, a known brand or a celebrity like shaquille o'neal for example is changing his username to shaquille.shaq.eth it's new it's innovative it, it it now he belongs to a community and people are adding him to, to chat groups and suddenly you're talking with Shaquille O'Neal on, on who, who would have thought. So tapping into community in all the conversation that will help brands or companies or embassies or governments to reach new audiences in the metaverse that they wouldn't reach if they wouldn't join and be the first or the pioneer. 
So I would recommend them to, to do that. And again, to experiment, just like we said before, every company has to have a crypto yeah, department, same thing. Every company uh, has to have some, you can call it a research team, experimental, at least experiment. Start, start small with, with something and, and see, see how it goes. You don't need to be like the biggest uh, Samsung uh, in the metaverse and have a store and all of that. You know, sometimes it creates hypes in the first days and then nobody goes there. So you can start from, from a space, learn to design, work with 3D designers or people who design for the metaverse uh, and uh, and build it one time, once in a time and build these experiences and just maintain a community in that space because one day, all the Web2 communities will, will really shift to those kind of uh, communities with ownerships and NFTs and all the amazing stuff that we're seeing. So at least start something there. This is my advice. I fully agree with you. It's what we said before when we were talking about uh, cryptos. Um, most companies should try to tap into that, at least to experience what's going on. Uh, I don't mean by exactly. that, by, that they need eventually to enter the metaverse, uh, perhaps it might not be interesting for their business to do so. Uh, that's possible, but at least they should know firsthand what we're talking about. And also this idea of uh, communities is something very interesting from, in general, this whole uh, crypto, NFT, metaverse world. That's something that you don't see in traditional finance, you know, this idea of those uh, people joining those uh, communities and then being so active on, on Telegram or Discord. And then, well, I mean, it's, it's much easier to see people gathering and creating communities in, in this uh, scene. And, and we're talking about not small communities. In some cases, we're talking about, well, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, yeah, look, look how many people just changed their avatar to, to a PFP, personal uh, profile oh. picture. And then they step into communities. They get it. You get so many followers new conversations just because you made that decision mm -hmm. I, agree. I agree well um we are running out of time now uh near uh it's been a very interesting uh, discussion i think uh, our listeners will be able to learn uh, a lot uh, from you regarding uh, cryptos the metaverse so i would like uh, to thank you for coming to my podcast thank you very much i enjoy every second i think it was a very good one between us no, thank you. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure. And well, to all my listeners, uh, please feel free to follow uh, Nir. He's very active on, on LinkedIn and other social media. Please follow uh, his updates, his events, because I'm sure you will learn a lot from him. Thank you very much. And well, uh, thank you again, Nir. And thank you to all my listeners for uh, listening to this episode. And please stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you very much and see you soon. See you, my friend.